Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. everyone. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. And on today's episode, I am here with Sean Nichols, senior news writer at Tech Target. Hey, Sean. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Excited to talk to you and learn more about you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, so it should be fun. Absolutely. So let's start here by giving us like just a quick overview of your background and your role at Tech Target. Uh, yeah, so I joined beginning of May with Tech Target. Um, it's kind of the senior writer for the uh, search securities website. Um, I've kind of, it, it's interesting. This is actually the first time, even though like I've, I'm born, raised in the US, I, this is the first time I've actually worked for a US publication. Um, I've kind of carved out this weird niche for myself of being like a San Francisco correspondent for British websites. Um, so it's, it's actually an interesting experience to be working with, um, bunch of Americans for the first time. Wow, because I saw that you have over 15 years of experience in journalism. So what were some of those outlets that you were at before that had the uh, UK? Yeah so, yeah, so I actually started at, at the time it was VNUNet. Um, then we rebranded to V3, um, but those were both under um, uh, incisive media. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, in 2013, um, I went to the register and was there until um, October of last year. Um, And then in between that and Tech Target, I've also done some writing for um, Lawrence Berkeley Lab as well. Okay, wow. So have you always been interested in in tech tech journalism? Yeah, you know, I, so I graduated from San Francisco State. And when I graduated, I knew I wanted to go into one of either tech sports writing or music writing. Um, and getting into music was almost impossible. It's a really, really hard, you know, industry to break into as a journalist. Um, sports writing, I was told it's basically like being a professional baseball player where you have to go to some small town and write, you know, write about high school volleyball for seven years or whatever, you know, kind of work your way up. And I knew I wanted to stay in the Bay Area and there were actually some tech publications that were in the Bay Area that were bringing on interns at the time. Um, and yeah, so I ended up writing for this small, you know, British IT news website um, in an office with one other person. And um, yeah, that kind of just kind of escalated from there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what types of topics are you covering for Tech Target right now? Well, this week it's, um, of course, it's ransomware. Yeah, because that's all that is going on. I could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, we, we were actually talking about it this morning. It's, um, you know, ransomware this year is kind of where exposed S three buckets were, you know, a year or two ago, where there's just so many of them that you can't keep up with the news. So we're kind of having to figure out how we're going to prioritize them. Um, but ransomware stories are always interesting. I love talking to independent researchers and small security researchers um pen testers are also really fun people to talk to just because they have some of the best stories um and there's not as much of kind of the the the, the filter you know mm-hmm. that you get when talking to larger companies people that are kind of 
briefed on how to handle the media. So as a reporter, that's always, that's always fun to do. That's cool. And another question I just thought of, like, I mean, everyone is talking about ransomware after the colonial pipeline attack and dark side and everything. Do you take a different approach to it or how, like, how do you approach covering that topic in a slightly different way for your particular audience? Yeah, so I think for us, because so much of our audience is enterprise IT professionals, we don't have to kind of go over the same groundwork as much about, you know, here's what Bitcoin is, here's how they paid it out, all that stuff. A lot of times, I think for us, it's more of asking, okay, why did this happen? Because these companies are big enough to know better. They know what the basic things you should do to protect against these kind of infections are. And so I I think from my, my approach, it's a little more trying to do kind of that triage as to how it happened, um, where the point of failure was. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be important going forward. Mm-hmm. Aside from ransomware, like what are some other topics that you're looking into or you expect to be writing more about in the coming months? Um, well, I, I think given the kind of aggressive stance the White House has taken on security lately, I think we're going to be doing a lot of that. Um, I had somebody bring up an interesting point with me yesterday, which was that you're going to see a lot of this leak over into the uh, the private sector as well, because a lot of these companies that want to get government contracts are going to have to meet these demands now. And so they're going to end up extending some of these protections, some of these security measures into their, their private sector business as well. So I, I think you're going to see I think I'm going to expect to do, be doing a lot more coverage of how the White House and just the government in particular is kind of affecting the security space going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too. I think as a result of the executive order and everything, we're seeing a lot about zero trust. It seems like almost every every vendor, every company, researchers are talking about zero trust architecture, especially in the public sector. Um, I saw you wrote about it recently too. Do you think mm-hmm. that's going to be something? Like, what are your thoughts on on zero trust? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I think that there's, I mean, there's that convenience price you pay a little bit with zero trust. So I I think we're going to be seeing a lot more people kind of talk and, you know, why you should just kind of bite the bullet with zero trust and adopt it and really get it in place. Um, I know some companies, you know, Cisco, of course, talks about it a lot and they did their transition to it. but yeah, no, I think that's definitely going to be something we're going to be writing more about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I think you, you probably see this a lot. The cybersecurity and tech space is so saturated. There's so many different companies and we're seeing some M&A happening as well. How do you think that um, companies should set themselves apart and differentiate themselves in such a crowded space from a journalist perspective? Well, you could fail spectacularly at something. We always love writing about that. Um, it, you know, when I, when I was at the register, people used to, you know, ask that, say, oh, well, how do I get my company in the register? I say, well, screw something up really bad. We had Ian Thompson on the podcast and he, uh, Ian Thomas, he said this, he said the same thing, actually. <laughs> I, th- I think he might've coined the phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think yeah, with, with, with Tech Target, I, I think we, we do kind of tend to shy away from the, here's our new product announcement, you know, here's a company that loves us. Um, but I, I think 
just finding a new way to explain why something is important, why it's relevant, um, is going to be, I, I think, is key. I, I know that if I get if I get a pitch and you know there's just buzzwords within the first paragraph and you don't tell me why, you know, I, I should really be reading this, writing this. I I only have so much time in the day and I'm I'm gonna gonna move on from that. Um, so yeah, I, I think just explaining why your product is different or even you know with what's going on why is maybe not why you know whoever company was had a data breach should have used your product because that's always a that's always a tough sell to an editor mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I think just just kind of finding interesting angles is important I, I think find I think explaining very clearly what your company does the other companies don't do is key um, whenever I read a pitch, you know, my, my first thought is, okay, how am I going to argue this to my editor? Mm -hmm. Cause he's going to be even more skeptical about it than I am. So that, that's, yeah, that, that's always a big, big concern, big issue for me. Mm -hmm. To what extent do you, um, leverage or cover research? I really enjoy research. Um, honestly, anything, it's usually something that's got to be in a journal um or, or something like like a paper you know is better for me than just a blog post mm -hmm. um but you know a blog post and a paper is fun um you know that's one of the things i loved about when i was doing writing for berkeley lab was being able to read that you know raw research and talk to the people that did it um so i think the more sometimes the more formal you can make it and you know and if you do the blog post that's great too covering all your bases but um, I know for me, that's what I really like is having access to kind of the technical details, even mm -hmm. if I don't necessarily go into all of them, even if a lot of them go over my head, just knowing that they're there and that I can dig into them is really important. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, and in your career of over 15 years, what is one of your most memorable or favorite stories that you've ever written? Oof. Tough questions. You can have, you can have a couple. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Um, and it's it's a mixture of both like big stuff and like just really kind of abstract stuff. Um, you know, the first one that I really remember, well, a couple of them. Um, so when I started as an intern, I'm 23 years old. I'm like two months out of journalism school, you know. And uh, my boss says, oh yeah, um, well, tomorrow there's gonna be an event over at Moscone Center. Um, Apple's gonna be releasing a new product, go to that. And so like my second day, I'm covering the Steve Jobs keynote. And when I was in journalism school, one thing they told me was you always want to get over to the side about midway through the audience so that you can get a good head count of everybody. So I kind of did that. And there was a couple people sitting on the, in the first two seats. And I kind of asked them, you know, can you, can, you, can you move for me, please, so I can get through. And they kind of looked at me funny. And I go to sit down and everyone else in the auditorium is kind of like glancing at me. And I look over and the two people on that row were Steve Wozniak and Katie Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my first thought is, oh my God, uh, two days in and it's already over. I'm, oh I'm my God, that's it. Um, but I, I think they were both okay with it and, and it ended up being fine. But yeah, that was like, that was kind of like my welcome to journalism moment. Was, oh, oh God, no. Um, I think, you know, the death of Steve Jobs was another big one just because, um, I don't know if you remember, but that happened right in the middle of open world mm -hmm. and Larry Ellison actually stopped halfway through his keynote and just walked off the stage um, because he'd just gotten the news. Wow. 
And it, it was tough for us because we're trying to cover this keynote and I had my, my editor with me. And I'd realized that, you know, when we figured out that Steve Jobs was ill earlier, we had um, I'd written an obituary and I had no idea where I'd put it. <laughs> so I have to find this file. So I'm running through downtown San Francisco to get to our office, um, you know, digging through my old laptop to figure out where I could have possibly left this thing. Um, and I finally find it and then go to the Apple store, get pictures of the memorial and put it up. And then, you know, after all that panic, finally at you know, 9.30 at night, it hits me like, oh, wow, this is, um, this is a really huge event. Like this is wow. something, and I think as a journalist, you don't always get to appreciate what happened, you know, in the moment of it. Um, and then I guess the other ones that are really nice, that really stick out was, um, there's a guy who, I don't know why, for some, for some reason, um, there was this guy who was putting together a computer in his living room. I mean, like, not like, not like building a PC, like transistor by transistor, putting together a processor inside his living room. And he's using these, like, he's not using like the, the small, he's using like the, you know, consumer sized transistors. And this thing is so big that it's taking up almost his entire, like a better part of his house. Wow. And I thought, well, this is just such a cool project. Um, you know, even though this guy might be just some weirdo, <laughs> got to write about this. So I talked to him. He was actually a really cool guy. And um, it was actually cool because as a result of the story, we were actually able to get a museum in uh, Cambridge in the UK where he's from to actually agree to take this in as an exhibit. And I'm not sure if it's still running, but I think it was made a permanent installation. It's just this huge model of what a you know computer processor looks like. And you know, light by light, you can see everything working. Um, it actually turned into a really cool project and something wow. that you're able to help get on display. That's amazing. That's super cool. Yeah. So um yeah. You've had some very interesting um experiences. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> More to come, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um and then, you know, one thing that I like to ask, you know, journalists this year in particular is how has the pandemic shifted journalism from your perspective? Well, aside from a lot, I was thinking about that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the simple question would be a lot of people are getting fired. Mm. Um, a lot of people are switching jobs. But I think, you know, the more optimistic thing that I've seen is journalists have gotten so much more kind of compassionate and aware of each other's situations and they're a lot more willing to help out. Um, you know, I see a lot more people now, you know, retweeting, hey, so-and-so publication just laid off a lot of people. There's a lot of good journalists out there. Um, when my position was, was eliminated, it was, um, yeah, I had a lot of people from PR. I had former colleagues, I had, you know, other reporters all kind of, you know, message me or write in and say, hey, you know, here's a lead. Let me know if I can help. Oh, you I know, love that. You can ask around. So. I, I think that's one thing we've seen with the pandemic is a lot more, we've gotten a lot more, I think in a good way, kind of aware and uh, compassionate about each other's situations. That's super nice. I think, yeah, that's really nice. I like to hear that. Yeah. Um, and then what do you look for when it comes to resources? So say someone's going to pitch you. I mean, I know you mentioned not using the, the marketing jargon and really mm -hmm. saying up front what you're looking for, but is there anything else that you think of when you're looking for resources? Um, hmm. 
kind of stumped me on that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think someone that, you know, someone that does make an effort to kind of reach out and connect to you. Um, I'm sure you, you get know, a lot think, of pitches every day, right? Like, yeah, I do get a, I get a lot of pitches. Um, it is nice when someone, you know, starts with, you know, hey, I saw your tech target now. Congratulations on that. Just, you know, a little thing like that, that maybe, you know, it's, it's kind of, kind of nice, but um, no, I think also people that are willing to not just kick over the CTO quote, you know, or the, here's the press release. I think people that are willing to kind of help you get into some of the, the more detailed parts of the news. Um, I definitely think anybody who's handled, who handles my inquiries well, when something's not good for their company, I think that's always someone I remember. Mm. Um, you know, there there are a lot of people. You know, I mean, even if it's no comment, you know, hey, thanks for reaching out. We're going to pass on this one. But I think, yeah, I think how well you handle the bad news is important, and that's something that I I think a lot of reporters tend to remember, and it sticks with them. Um, how well, you, and then I think also I'm I'm sure with you know. Same thing with reporters when, when you ask for corrections or updates yeah. or something. Um, I'm always open to that. Um, but I think, you know, just being and just dropping me a line saying, hey, you know, can you check this? I don't know if it's accurate or, you know, something like that. I think that's always good. Just having that good relationship when things aren't going great for your company and when you mm -hmm. don't have awesome news to put out there. Yeah, I think it comes down to that mutual respect and that relationship building component of it. I think that's always really important when it comes to it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I do have a couple of listener questions for you. Um, so here's one. So with a million vendors and a new breach slash attack seemingly every day, what constitutes news now? <laughs> that's kind of, that's changing by the hour almost mm -hmm. <laughs> these days. Um, but I think If you paid out the ransom demand, that's going to be news. Mm -hmm. um, I think, depending on you know, um, we generally don't take quotes from other companies on somebody else's you know breach or attack um, because they just tend to be a lot of well, if you use our software, you know, you're not going to have that problem. Right. Um, but I think you know when when it's something like um, the government guidelines that came out yesterday, the White House guidelines. You know, that's something I'm always willing to kind of talk to a company about. And I think that's a great way to kind of build up trust because it makes my story better. I like having it. It gets your company out there and it shows that, you know, the people at your company actually know what they're talking about. Um, I think as far as what makes it news, it's going to be right now, it's going to be size, you know, scope, how long they were out for. Um, mm -hmm how much it's gonna bother the average person. I mean, that was the thing with Colonial Pipeline was, right. are we gonna have a gas shortage, you know? Yeah, people freaked um, out. <laughs> yeah, pe people freaked out a lot less than when like, you know, Experian had this huge breach and it was like everyone's most private data, like. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna be something we take into account now because yeah, there's just so many new incidents right now that are kind of coming, coming out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then outside of work and writing and journalism, what is something our listeners wouldn't know about you? <laughs> mm. 
Oh boy. Um, Those are always the tough questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> I am a huge, huge chili head. Like, really? like I do like, like I do like some of those like eating challenges where you have to like sign a waiver before. No way. That's um, so fun. It, yeah. Well, it, it, it is until it hits your stomach and you know, you have to deal with that. Um, have you won but, any? Is it like a contest? Um, it's, it's more like finish this and, you know, we'll put your picture on the wall or something type of thing. Um, there's a place in, um, I think San Carlos that does a curry that you have to sign a waiver to eat. Um, and that one was really good, but it was an ordeal. Um, but yeah, no, I love, love hot foods, love spicy foods, making hot sauce, all that okay. stuff. Um, that's a big thing for me. That's fun. That's super unique. Um, that's great. Cool. Well, um, anything else you want to highlight, Sean, or share that Tech Target's up to or that you're up to in particular? Um, you know, no, I just want to say, you know, we're, I mean, we're definitely looking to expand our coverage. We're trying to get more news stories out there because we've got more staff now. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to, you know, has any news to pass along, I'm always, always open for it, always willing to hear it. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sean. So everyone listening, this has been Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds with Sean Nichols, senior news writer at Tech Target. Thanks for listening and tune into the next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. 